The Gospel reading for this Sunday, the third Sunday after Pentecost, comes from Matthew, the 10th chapter. A disciple is not above the teacher, nor a slave above the master. It is enough for the disciple to be like the teacher and the slave like the master. If they have called the master of the house Beelzebul, how much more will they malign those of his household? So have no fear of them, for nothing is covered up that will not be uncovered, and nothing is secret that will not become known. What I say to you in the dark, tell in the light. And when you hear whispered, proclaim from the housetops. Do not fear those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Rather, fear him who can destroy both soul and body in hell. Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? Yet not one of them will fall to the ground apart from your father. And even the hairs on your head are all counted. So do not be afraid, for you are of more value than many sparrows. Everyone, therefore, who acknowledges me before others, I will also acknowledge before my Father in heaven. But whoever denies me before others, I will also deny before my Father in heaven. Do not think that I have come to bring peace to the earth. I have not come to bring peace, but a sword. For I have come to set man against his father, and a daughter against her mother, and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law, and one's foes will be members of one's household. Whoever loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. Whoever loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever does not take up the cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Those who find their life will lose it. And those who lose their life for my sake will find it. The Gospel of the Lord. In the name of Jesus, amen. Once again, we enter a time where Jesus is telling us about really rough things. And this is the third, if not fourth, week in a row where we have had the weight of the world on our shoulders here in this text. This is the third or fourth week in a row where we might have felt the weight of the world on our shoulders outside of this text as well. And so I don't know about you, but I have sensed inside of myself a temptation. A temptation to disengage from this text. A temptation to ignore the text. A temptation to try to go back to how I was before I met this text. I'd rather hear about good and wonderful things. I'd rather hear about something that's not so heavy. I see inside myself, and I can imagine for you too, that when Jesus continues to talk about dividing families, bringing a sword and not peace, when Jesus continues to talk about the hardship that his disciples will have, and when Jesus continues to talk about these things that just demoralize all who hear them, I have a temptation for my eyes to roll into the back of my head. 
I have a temptation for my mind to just seek out other things, other experiences, other ideas. I have a temptation to drift off, to disengage, to try to ignore. I use any defense mechanism that I can to avoid because I don't want to be here anymore. I wish it were done. I wish it were over. I wish it would just go away. But it's still here, this text. And Jesus is still here with us. And so I've pulled out my final trump card because I know how this is going to end. I know, I say to this scripture, how all of this goes. I already know the end of the story. I know that ultimately I will not be worthy. I know ultimately that I will fail. And I know ultimately that on the cross, Christ brings grace and love, unconditional love for me and for all people. And I know that that's the end. but I would be wrong. Not for the first two parts. Certainly I will fail. Certainly there is love, unconditional love, for you and me and all people. But that's not the end. You see, we live on this far side of the cross. We live In this time of Pentecost, we live with the Spirit moving and breathing among us. And as we live as new and loved people of God, we have purpose. We have expectation. And failure in this expectation does not affect the unconditional love of God. However, there is expectation nonetheless. These two things exist as one. They are for every Christian. They are for every one of us. These two things being grace and expectation. Unconditional love and expectation. The wellspring of baptism and expectation. You and I and all of God's people always have these two things. Grace and expectation. And so without fear, without fear, just like every hair on our head is counted, just like we are more valuable than the sparrows who are also counted. Without fear, We are sent back into this hard and difficult and, quite frankly, demoralizing at times work. But we are sent new. We are sent with the understanding that we are the hands and feet, the body of Christ. We are sent with the understanding that we know how the story ends. That there will be no way this world could ever cover up the love that God has for all people, there is no way that this world could ever keep secret the grace that there is for all people. There is no way 
that the world could ever silence the expectation that God has for all people. That expectation being to love one another as Christ has loved us, to serve our neighbor, to make ourselves servants of the forsaken and the forgotten. What will we do? What will we do? We have an expectation that is monumental and an expectation that turns over the very fabric of our society. We are to love God more than our parents. And we are to love God more than our children. And I, like you, am failing spectacularly in both of those. We are to pick up our cross, pick up the instrument of our death, and follow Christ. What will we do with this expectation that has been given by the very same hand that gives unconditional love. I don't know. I do know that in this light, I become increasingly unsatisfied with the small measures of devotion that I have given. I am increasingly unsatisfied with the small acts of kindness throughout my day. And it's not that these things are bad, nor should they be discounted. But rather, I am tired of hanging my hat on these things alone. I am tired of being someone that only looks to a small, small portion of my day as an expression of faith. I'm longing for more. I'm hoping for more. More out of me, more out of the church, not just Trinity, but the church universal. More out of God's people. What do you think you'll do with this expectation? Do you think you'll pack it away? Do you think you'll go back to the old version of the story where we fail, there's unconditional love, and that's the end? Do you think we'll try to be the ones burying the word of God? Do you think we'll be the ones trying to keep secret and covering up the word of God, these expectations that God has for us? I don't know. According to this text, I'm not sure we'll be successful if we go down that route. Everything covered up will be uncovered and brought into the light. Everything kept secret will be told. I don't know. I don't know about you, but I think, I think we're expected to be more. 
This week, I want you to consider what your lives would look like if you loved God above all things, if you kept the first commandment, I am the Lord your God, you shall have no other gods before me. Part of that commandment is the understanding that we would love nothing more than God. I know this feels extreme. I know this feels on the edge of what is accepted in society. But I just want to explore it. After all, we have God of he- the God of heaven and earth calling us into this moment, calling us into this exploration. For three weeks, we've heard this text, and we'll hear it again next week too. This expectation held on our shoulders. The least we could do is explore it. This week, I want you to explore what it looks like to love God more than your family, to love God more than yourself, to love God more than your life, to be willing to lose your life and all of its trappings, all of its patterns, all of its traditions, all of its behaviors, all of its normalcy for the sake of the gospel, for the sake of your neighbor, for the sake of the stranger, for the sake of the unconditional love of God for all people. I don't know what's going to come out of this consideration. I don't know what's going to come out of these thoughts. And it can be dangerous. It can be scary. But when we approach the moment of our expectation, when we approach the moment of interacting with God on these kind of grounds, I hope our answer is not to roll our eyes in the back of our head to bury these things and ignore them. I hope we can be like the Father in Mark who cries out, I believe, help my unbelief. I hope we're pushed just a little bit more. I believe I would be in error if I didn't address the family division portion of this text just a little bit more. You see, Simon and Andrew were brothers. James and John were brothers also. There were many brothers, there were many siblings that went with Christ. Even Christ's own family, his mother and his siblings followed him. Jesus was not separated from his mother even to the cross. What allowed that, what allowed brothers to accompany one another on this path, what allowed Mary to see her son on this path was that they were following Christ wholly and fully. If we want to see each other along this path, if we want to see our families on this path, we need to invite them along. We need to make them a part of this journey as well. We need 
We must teach our children. We need, we must talk with our parents about the calling that we're hearing, that we're experiencing right now. It's the only chance we have to bring them along with us. This week, when you consider these things, consider talking to your families. This week, when you consider these things, consider talking to your loved ones. Invite them to these things too. Don't feel like you have to go this alone, for that's not how Jesus called his disciples. It's not how Jesus interacted with his own family. We do not need to automatically forsake our families. We simply need to invite them, hope and pray and teach and cajole them into these moments of faith. And should we be on two different paths for a while? Should we be led to do two different moments? We need to trust that the God who counts every hair on our head will count every hair on theirs as well. The God who values us will value them because there is great expectation and there is an unconditional love for every member of our family, for every loved one in our lives. No matter where you go, the God of heaven and earth will keep them too. God be with you in these tough things. God be with you in this strange calling. God be with you. Amen.